Howdy, fellow nerf herders. I like me a good old space western. I don't like having them spoiled by Bantha Poodoo yapping too much. The following is just two Mando-loving scoundrels talking about the show. So if and you don't want spoilers, then turn your tauntaun now and head back to base. So long and happy listening. Welcome back, Mando. I have spoken. I've never met a real Mandalorian. Heard stories. Really good at killing. Find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan. This is the way. Alright, welcome back everyone to Hail Ming Presents This Is The Way, where we get to talk about the grand finale. And grand. Yeah. You'd call it grand, wouldn't you, Rick? Absolutely. Now, the grand finale of season two of The Mandalorian. And, you know, we are thrilled and excited to get to talk to all of you out there who like to listen, you know, all ten of you, um, <laughs> <laughs> to what we have to say about uh, about these shows and, and what they mean to us as, as lifelong Star Wars fans. And, uh, you know, we're ready to launch into Chapter 16, The Rescue. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we, we say this every episode, and you, you kind of said, well, I thought the last episode was maybe a step down a little bit. But, man, what what a way to end this thing, man. This is uh, this is every Star Wars fan's dream that I can think of. And, and if you've been paying attention on all your social media stuff, then you can see where people have claimed to be crying and all this stuff. And it, it is... Very emotional, and uh, but we got a long ways to get before we get to the emotional, squishy stuff. Yeah, true. And you know, um, well, obviously, we're gonna launch into it. You know, the first thing in this episode, they start out with a firefight between this this slave one and an old imperial shuttle, yeah. which you know was introduced in uh, in Return of the Jedi. It's an awesome looking ship. I've always um, loved them too, man. I, just the fact of all the wings folding like they do, I. I I've always loved that chip. Yeah, yeah, and and it, you know, from what we said about the last episode, it's not so much a uh, a step down, but it but it was a widening of your perspective on the galaxy. You know, the good and bad, and and the players in the game, and and they really continued on this because um, the slave one, you know, straight up ion cannons this this uh, this imperial shuttle, and when it does. You know they're dead in the water, and they say, and you hear uh, Boba Fett telling them to prepare to be boarded. Yeah, and so they they prepare, and and uh, and these two Imperial, you know, pilot jockeys are are given the business to uh, Cara Dune. You know, I was there when Alderaan blew up, and, and I liked <laughs> it. I got real excited, you know, and and they're just being villainous, but they're also kind of saying, you guys are the galactic terrorists, and they're continuing that whole yeah. Migs Mayfield, you know inundation to the evil empire thing you got dr parish uh piercing on here too which is the the dna specialist that's creating these super genetic things for the empire uh we get to see a glimpse of him before and uh a few episodes back where we're finding out why they're wanting grugo in the first place 
So this guy is the passenger on this ship, and uh, I'm assuming that they're heading towards uh, Gideon's ship. I mean, it doesn't really say where they're heading, but they catch them, and they board, and yeah, man, Cara Dune faces off with uh, one of the Imperial shuttle flyers. Shuttleist. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, one of these two assholes. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> well, the other guy, though, he's like, hey, I don't want no trouble. I'm, I'm it's a- true. <laughs> it's true. That guy's like, hey, man, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be part of the ball club, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and other dude just shoots him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's even baddies, more baddies in the Imperial Troop than just being in the Imperial Troop. But yeah, he shoots him down, then he holds the, the doctor at gunpoint saying, hey, I know what you're after. You're after this guy, and I'll kill him before you get your hands on him. And then he starts to trash tucking with Cara Dune, and she doesn't take it too lightly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, so, like I said, firefight, they come in. They're really, you know, I saw it right away. They're they're looking to get that Imperial shuttle because they know where Moff Gideon is. Right. And, you know, they need the shuttle to infiltrate. Um, and, yeah, Dr. Pershing's kind of on the fence, too. But but you saw that in the first season. He he doesn't like the idea of taking the child. And, you know, he's he's like, we need to extract what we can to make sure that he, he's okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess since he's a clone doctor, he's also a doctor. And, and he doesn't really fall into all the politics he's just doing what he can for the highest bidder i suppose and as an imperial doctor he's trying to do what they want and extract the blood from the child because of the high m count right Right. yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah so so this goes down there's there's a back and forth between them and you know and i saw it coming that cardoon just shoots this dude right in the face yeah i mean and grazes the, the doctor's head in the process, you know, and just, I mean, he shoots him flat in the face, and even Mando kind of looks like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get some Mando looking at stuff like, <laughs> you, even with that with that helmet on, you see him reacting to things around like, man, everybody around me is kind of crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts away to, uh, I, I, it doesn't really say what planet they're going to at this point. No, but they're they're going to find Bo-Katan and and Casca Reeves. Uh, more so with with Bo-Katan, but hey, I know where Moff Gideon is. I need your help, and uh, you know he tells her that yeah they've taken the child, and this is where we get Boba Fett's along with Mando, and they walk up to Bo-Katan and and Casca and uh. It it gets a pretty uh, it gets pretty heated as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, to to your point, they don't say what planet it is, but it's got this these long fields and these big stacks that are they're spouting some kind of smoke. It kind of looks like Tunica, actually. Um, but you know, they um, they go through this whole thing, and and I want to say, walking into this bar, Boba Fett and Din Djarin, like, right next to each other, scanning the the clientele. The whole place gets quiet because these two dudes walk in, and you can tell they mean business. Just one Mandalorian walking into a bar pretty much shuts the place down. These two guys walk in, everybody gets dead silent. You look across the room, and what do you see? You got you got uh, um, Bo-Katan over there and then Casca, and they're having a drink, 
their helmets off. And, uh, you know, Din comes up and he says what he said to everybody else so far. They've got the kid, yeah. right? Yeah. And the one thing I noticed was that Bo-Katan was like, who's got him? You know, and when he says Moff Gideon, she's like, oh, well, you know, he's, you'll never, you'll find, never him. find him. Yeah. Everybody else has been like, yeah, what do I need to do? I guess because Bo-Katan's the planner. She's like, I can't help you because I don't know where he is. But he's like, I know where he is. And, and I'm, we can give you his cruiser to re-get Mandalore. And, and Boba Fett kind of scoffs. Like, Mandalore's just been turned to glass. And yeah. then they launch into Boba Fett, right? <laughs> yeah, they recognize his voice as the clone voice. And they say, you are not a Mandalorian. And... You don't. You're a disgrace to that armor, right? And he's like, "This armor belonged to my dad, so you better watch out, because this may be right. the last voice you ever hear." <laughs> and that that sets off Costco. Uh, she she you know they get in like you said, it gets hot and heavy real fast. You know she throws a punch and he flips her into a table and smashes this concrete table yeah. with her head. You know, and uh, and then you know they, they get back and forth, and pretty soon you know. Bo-Katan has to break him up and says, look, if we'd fought this hard, the Empire never would have taken Mandalore, so y'all chill out. Right. <laughs> but, you know, and, and again, Din's just watching them going, the hell in the middle of, you know, where did I, where'd I find these people? And, and you know, Bo-Katan's like, okay, we will take the cruiser and we'll help you with this. And, you know, I, I just want to say, you know, it's still open if you want to join us. Yeah. Because she sees the value in, in, in Din. Yeah. Yeah, he's able to... It's just like you said, he, it looks like everybody around him just keeps losing their cool, and he's the like the only one keeping it together. And uh, so they decide to team up. <laughs> and before you know it, they're friends. They're friends. <laughs> yeah, I guess it. So now he's got this this strike force that's what? Fennec Shan, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Casca wow. uh, Reeves, and, uh, you know, Cara Dune and, and himself and... and have I missed anybody? That's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't know who else you could ask for. This is this is quite the team. And we got to point out that most of them are women, too. Yeah. And most of them. This is something that me and Billy were talking about because we were going back and forth in this, too. It's like he he loves the fact of they don't make a big hoopla about it being women. They just they're doing their things. It's not like they beat right. you over the head with it, which is kind of refreshing because we all know they're women. But look at them. I mean, I saw a thing the other day. It said if, if you pick three people to go on a journey with or whatever, what three would you pick? Right. And I was like, crap. Three of them they had on there were the ladies in this group. I was like, you couldn't go wrong with them because we saw what they can do. Absolutely. I mean, and, and yeah, it, it, I think it's great. Like, they've introduced them organically, too. It yeah. hasn't been like, oh, and now we have a bunch of women. We've got to throw one woman in the group. Let, let's think. About it. I love the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. Yeah. I, I absolutely 100% love all the all the cheese that we grew up with and, and all the, the sci-fi. But, you know, every group was what? It was it was like three white dudes and then a white chick and then an ethnicity, right? Right. And. I'm not going to get too political into it. You know, it was it was a merging of, of cultures, and, and one culture was kind of running the show. So they were like, oh, we want to make sure we have representation. And in the meantime, they weren't noticing that they were over-representing. It, right. to, to your point, they're bringing these characters in as characters, not as minorities in the group, and everybody has something. To get. It's, it's awesome. Everybody's equal. Yep. And that's, that's what I like about it. Well, Star Wars in general, uh, that's kind of what I've always liked because... It, it doesn't matter, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we, 
like you said, we played through that through all the years because it becomes a trope, sure. of course. But I, I just like it. I like the fact of you don't have to say, oh, by the way, I'm a woman. I mean, you don't have to right, say that. We right. know we know you're a woman, right? <laughs> that's really, And that's my point. Yeah. It, it, it was a it was a formula, right? right? It was a formula, and it's it, it's nice to see that they've kept the formula that works. And they've changed the part of the formula right. that wasn't necessary that maybe people did because they had always seen it that way. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out, we continue this whole, you know, uh, dank ferric kind of let's let's increase the, the galaxy vernacular. And um, and when uh, when Casca tells Boba Fett, you know, I, I didn't know sidekicks were allowed to talk right? <laughs> because, you know, Boba's over here saying we don't need them. He, he returns it with. Well, if it isn't the Qualta calling the stiffling slimy. <laughs> it's like, sure, pot call the kettle black in yeah. Star Wars terms. Sure. It, it's just cool. They're they throwing these things in now. Like, you know what we have? And I haven't looked it up. It might be something that existed before. Or it might be something like George Lucas, you know, writing about the, writing about the Kessel Run and Womp Rats. Right. That now it's there and now it'll be used by somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, the, just like their expletives that they use too, because it's like some of these we're hearing for the first time, but it, it acts like it's old passage, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, remember, I was reading the books once, and and I, I liked it. You know, Luke was was in a lot of them, and one of the things that stuck with me was at one point he's 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 frustrated about something, and he says blasters, and the <laughs> the other character with him right says, I don't think I had heard that that expletive since childhood because it was basically like saying, you know, poop. Right. And it was, it was this whole, you know, Luke is such a, such a white bread, like, like goody two shoes that like for him saying blasters was a real big deal. But right. everybody else is like, dank Ferrick, man, come on. It's kind of like, uh, I told you my story about the Amish down here, right? Where they, uh, no, tell me <laughs> we have a stop sign, right? And the Amish being, you know, trying to be rebellious. They painted the word poop. On the stop sign. <laughs> oh, you live in a different world, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's their rebellious. So Luke's Luke's Amish. So <laughs> Luke Luke is is the Amish Jedi. He's the Amishest Jedi. Yes. So they got Bo-Katan. Uh, everybody's on board. You know, immediately Bo-Katan starts saying, well, here's the light cruiser. Yeah, here's where they got this. Yeah, they're manning at about a quarter capacity. So they've got that. And Parrish st- st- sticks up and says, hey, look, you're you're underestimating something. You know, and yeah. Dune's like, oh, yeah, you're you're really the one we need to listen to. He's like, look, I, I don't have any reason to, to tell you wrong. In a way, you know, Parrish is also part of the team. He's just interested in the safety of the child in a big way. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a bad dude. Um, so they're making this plan. He says, right here, you got the you got the dark troopers, right? And he's like, you've never seen anything like this. They take so much power that they can't stand at the ready. And they're like, well, how long do we have before they get engaged? And he's like, a few minutes. Yeah. So, you know, you already see this whole tense scene setting up mm-hmm. that, you know, there's this this unstoppable weapon, but it has to power up like, you know, like the moon of Yava getting getting out of the way. Right. So the Death Star can do it. You know, you got this time frame that starts at, at a certain point. And uh, I, I like it. So, so they make a plan. They're going to send their main force down the middle of the, the cruiser. While uh, while Din, you know, uh, goes in the shadows and, and sneaks out to get the kid. 
And, you know, of course, Bo-Katan's interested because she believes Moff Gideon has the Darksaber. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's talk about the whole approach here, too. Using the Imperial ship, using the Slave One as somebody that's in a high pursuit, chasing them, firing at them. They approach Gideon's ship. Hey, we need to dock. Emergency docking. We, we've got to, you know, we're being chased. And that whole setup, I thought, was pretty fantastic and i want to talk about the first thing he does is gideon releases some more tie fighters right yeah i love the fact that we get to see them getting set up and shot out versus you know we we, uh, to my recollection it's first time i've seen them like hanging and moving and being set to be released being launched it is really cool and you know i know you don't weren't you know i don't play a lot of video games but i played uh force unleashed yeah um, and a lot of that, you know, is, is dead up in force unleashed. They have these big Imperial hangers, yeah. just like you said. And it's really cool. You it's have like cool. these, you have these, these launch pads that are basically the size of a TIE fighter, right? Yeah. You know, they're just kind of shooting them out there like, go get them. Um, and I, yeah, that's exactly what they look like. It's really gnarly. I, and I want to talk about too, this, it's funny how, <clears throat> you, you know, you, you know, the story of Star Wars was the influence for Battlestar Galactica but to me, you kind of see where the Galactica influence is on this, too, because that launch is very, very, very similar to the launch from uh, the Battlestar series, right? Yeah, I hadn't thought about the original Battlestar Galactica for a while, but you you make a good point. Yeah, I mean... What were those ships called? They were... The, the Cologne, you had the, the Cylon Raiders and the, uh, the Vipers. Vipers, yeah. And they had those pharaoh helmets because there was yeah. that whole Egyptian connection. Right. Yeah. But the way that those TIE fighters were shot through there was very, very similar to the way that the, the, the Vipers were shot off the Battlestar Galactica. So I thought, wow, this is kind of cool because you're kind of combining those worlds, which I will also say the Dark Troopers are very Cylon-like. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, you know, I... I Again, in Force Unleashed, I think they have them as, as an enemy that you fight. But I think they're like 10 feet tall in that. You know, they're like twice the size of your character. Yeah. And so you're like attacking their feet and stuff. Um, But they are really awesome looking. And they do yeah. look an awful lot like Cylons. You know, except they also look like, they look like between a Cylon and a Darth Vader. Yep. Yeah. I think they, they, they're made from concept art for the original Darth Vader, too. Because their, their face looks an awful lot like the original concept art. Yeah. And... Also, the this show stole a lot of concept art. Like this stuff didn't get used. Let's throw it in there, and then yeah, it's very much in the vein of the original creators. I yeah. love it. So, so go ahead. To your point, you know, so so the whole plan they're going to go get Grogu. You know, uh, uh, Bogotan's figuring she she'll you know make a play for the dark saber, and they come in. Slave One is 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 firing dangerously close to this this uh, captured shuttle, which which they're um they're on, and they say, you know, we we need an emergency landing. Look, look, they're gonna blow us up. We need an emergency landing. You know, we're coming because we had the doctor on board, and um and Moff Gideon doesn't smell a rat quite yet, but he knows something's not right, and he says, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll send some Tie Fighters out to take care of your problem. How about that? And then we'll figure out who you really are. Yeah, because he's not buying it. 
and they they shoot those TIE fighters out, and then all of a sudden, you know, Boba Fett's <clears throat> trying to like make it look like he's pursuing them, but he's also being pursued by TIE fighters, and they're like, no, no, look, look, we got to get in there, we got to go, uh, and they just decide to make a run for that launch bay. Yeah, <laughs> which is and, so awesome. <laughs> it's like the plan breaks down. It, I love the fact that they're making the plan break down because it's so often in these <laughs> things, it's like we got one person what who who goes in like oh well I'll just sneak in and out and they just beat everybody and it's it's kind of a Mary Sue kind of thing but this was like well these things go wrong but they're badass enough that they can make it work yeah. and you believe it yeah yeah so crash landing on Gideon's ship and then the plan is uh carried out from there i mean the the uh Bo-Katan, Koska uh who else we got <laughs> Uh, Fennec Shan, Fennec and, and, and Cara Dune. I mean, the four of them. Man, I mean, they're just killing stormtroopers left and right, man. Yeah, yeah, and they they go. You know, of course, they go across this bridge. You know that like beneath it is just this. I guess this force field uh, holding the atmosphere in. Yeah, that's. I, awesome I don't know what scene. the purpose is of this room, other than to be like a fight. But they get they get ambushed on one side, and immediately, you know, Casca uh, uh, and Casca and Catan, like they shoot off and their jetpacks are going. And you're like, oh, they're coming back in a minute. Yeah. And then Fennec Shan and Cara Dune are, 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 they got the drop on them from behind. And then they fly on back in and, and, and blast all them to oblivion. Yeah. It was a, it, it's a cool, like, you know, they keep setting up little things. And then, you know, I don't know if you've ever played Laser Tag, but like this next room where they go in, they have all those like crates set up yeah. and like little tunnels and they're shooting through little holes. I'm like, man, this looks like they're just playing Laser Tag. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much how it's set up. And, you know, they, they're making their way all the way up to the main bridge to get to uh, Moff Gideon. And while that's going on, Din is coming behind them. He's sneaking around like Obi-Wan in the original <laughs> movie. Not, yeah. not very fast, just kind of creeping along, which my wife's like, you know, if he'd hurry up. He might have a better chance. <laughs> I was like, well, that's that's part of it, right? I mean, that's we're building that suspense. But uh, he makes his way to where the dark troopers are, and at this point, Gideon's already said, "Hey, turn them loose." It, you know, so they're in the process of uh, energizing up and taking off other energy supports. And man, th- this this scene was just like I, I was just blown away by the fight scene right here. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, he's got this, uh, this, this stick that he was given. And, and I, I admit when Fennec gave him the, uh, the data stick, I didn't quite get what the plan was there, but he goes there to shut the door, you know, to, to lock the, the troopers in. Yeah. And he almost makes it, you know, he, he gets there and they're about to launch out and he shuts the door but one of them catches the door with his hands yeah. and just starts wrenching that thing open. And then he throws himself through and it shuts behind him. So he shuts most of them out and they just start like powering, pounding on the door with their, <laughs> with their robot hands. Yeah. And while they're doing that, you know, he's fighting this one dark trooper who oh, it just starts pounding his head into the wall. And if he didn't have that helmet on it, we would just been a, just jelly. Yeah, man. He is just pounding his head into some metal pipes. And you see the pipes giving way behind him. I mean, it's just, wow. It's so great. (laughs) They did a really good job of setting those guys up as dangerous. You know, they get into a fight. He 
he he shoots him with the uh, the flamethrower in the gut and you know makes him look scarier. Yeah, because he's yeah. just this robot with flames shooting out around his dark skull head, and uh, and and then you know the guy let the the uh, the dark trooper lets go. He runs over to where his the spear has been has fallen to the floor and and he uses a spear to, to end this thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much just stabbing him in the neck and just ripping his robot head off. And uh, wow, uh, it's just again the, just. They do such a great job of making these things so menacing because they are Michael Myers. They are Bruce the Shark. They're emotionless, just carry out the task creatures, you know. There's yeah. no there's no there's no dialogue, there's no communication, it's just task and that's it. Yeah, and well like you said in the previous episode about the uh about the the penal colony, you know, or the 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 prison planet, they're they're using this uh, more in this this world where it's like, well, they're using droids for more jobs, mm-hmm. and the droids are just you know performing tasks right. as opposed to being characters, yeah. And uh, you know that adds a level of, of of different kind of enemy and different kind of interaction in the galaxy. Um, so you know, he he runs over and and I guess this was the second part of the plan. Then opens up the uh, the gates and and. I guess their their launch door yeah. is opened up in mid space and it just sucks them all out so they can't get into the cruiser to to do more damage. Yeah. And uh and you know, I looked over at Max at that point and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> they 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 got some jet boot boot feet, right? And he's like, Oh yeah, they're he's like, They'll be back. He said, They'll be back probably about the time they take the bridge. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm seeing this. Huh. I didn't take anything away. It was just like Right, we we could see all the things in play, and, and they weren't out of play yet. Yeah. Um. So you know, Den makes his way to the to the the prison level, and he opens up uh, Grogu's. Um, he opens up Grogu's door, and on the other side of his door is uh, is Moff Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, our other troops are getting all the way to the bridge, and they realize he's not there. So it kind of ties that in at the same time. Yeah, he's standing there, and he's got the dark saber right over Grogu's head. And yeah, this is uh, this is the the point of everything, right? It's like your group that's up front is looking for this, not necessarily me, but for this. I'm talking about the dark saber, and um, then he goes into the whole spill of the power of the dark saber and what it means and why Bo-Katan, which we already kind of know because we heard it from Bo-Katan herself. And you know, M- Mando's like, look. I don't care about any of that. I just want the kid. Let me have the kid, and I'll go on my way. Done deal. And even Moff Gideon at that point is like, yeah, all right, cool. You get it, and you leave immediately. And sure enough, right when he goes to bend over to pick up Grogu, then Gideon's got to be a butthole. (laughs) (laughs) And decide to take a swipe at him, you know. Yeah, you know, you'd figure if you knew the only thing wouldn't cut through is Beskar, you, you wouldn't like... Just go ahead and pick a fight with uh, the one dude who's got the most Beskar you've ever seen. But well, maybe he thought that it wasn't all, you know, complete like it was. Or, uh, he knew. Yeah, there's a, re- there's a reason why he did it. I mean, so, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But So, yeah, he picks a fight with, uh, with the Mando, and this is a spectacular fight, man. This is it's great. Uh, man, uh, he breaks out the, the, the spear, which is the only thing that the sword can't cut through is the armor and everything and so we get a really good throw down here some great fighting sequences and 
Mando gives him a beatdown. Yeah, I mean, like, the fight goes on for a minute, but uh, Mando's obviously got some some spear skills, and he um, he does he even does the, like the the spears behind him, and he kicks it with his foot. And <laughs> I knew like, you'd bring it, it up. <laughs> oh man, that's great! <laughs> I knew you'd and bring it up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's it's not Pedro Pascal in the in the fight sequences, but if you've ever watched Game of Thrones, when he comes in as as his his character in Game of Thrones of uh, the the Desert Scorpion, and he fights in that duel, he spent. Uh, months in, in an apartment that he rented in New York with a spear. Like he cleared out all the furniture so he could learn how to fight with it for that sequence. So he could do it because he looks great when he does all that stuff. Um, I, I also want to just, just circle back for one more minute. What I've been saying this whole time, the reason the Mandalorian is the story we want is because you can relate sure. to Din, right? Yeah. And and the the whole dilemma of I've got this sword that would let you be you know that that is the sword of the ruler of the Mandalorians, and and I know that's why Bo-Katan wants it, and and he's like, I don't care about that. Yeah, I don't care about that at all. Yeah, and I legitimately, sincerely do not care about that sword. Just give me Grogu. That's why these stories work. Yeah. is because in any of the other ones, it would be like we've got to get that sword so that we can get them on our side. It becomes a political thing. Yeah, and because they can eschew all these big you know things, you can. Because you don't care about the sword. Right. You know, you don't care about the sword. You care about Grogu sitting there in danger. And right. so you 100% are with Din. And maybe not so much with Bo-Katan. And, and if it was the Bo-Katan story, it would be harder to sell. Well, it's all, it's all the perspective of who you're following and how you attach to them uh, emotionally. And you just said it. I mean, as people, we consider love the greatest of all things, so... He cares for Grogu, and that's all that matters. All this other stuff doesn't matter, you know. You can give him a great dilemma, you know, power versus versus love, and and any day of the week he's going to say power. Just like Luke, you know, when he's given, hey, Leo, you, know, you can rule the universe with us. It was never really a choice, but he took the chance to say, I can redeem my father. Right. Right. You cared about Luke. You care about Din, and that's why this works. Yeah. When you got people who are like, well, you know, I care about the rebellion and re- wrestling control away from these things and, and getting the political system back in the right side, it's hard to connect with that. Yeah. It's way too ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, my hat's off to them. I mean, I think that they started out with a smaller story, which is easier for them, but they didn't screw it up. And, and kudos to them for not doing up because they I certainly could have, I'm sure. Like, no, we're going to make this whole thing about Ugnaughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point, so Mando's pretty much got uh, (laughs) Gideon in in shackles, and he's got Grogu in one hand, he's got the Darksaber in the other hand, he marches him to the front bridge, and when he walks in, everyone's expression is like, holy crap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be Bo-Katan at that moment, you're like, I've drained my whole life to do the... Wait, wait, this guy? This guy that I don't even know his name? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I beat your guy and I got your thing. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> and that's that's the whole point of Gideon striking at Mando because he knows this part of the story. That the sword cannot be passed on willingly. It has to be won in battle. So, in order for her to rightfully claim the sword, which now belongs to Mando, she would have to beat him in combat. And he even says, 
yeah, I'll forfeit. Here, you win. Here you go. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it don't work that way. Yeah, and that was an interesting little aside that I guess they're going to have to flesh out later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, none of that. So, so around this time, Mando troops in. He's got Grogu. Things are looking good. He's trying to give the dark saber to, to Bo-Katan. She's like, I can't take it. And Gideon's like, ha ha, you know, my, <laughs> my plan is coming to fruition. Right. I don't care what happens because I'm just a bad guy. Um, <laughs> and, and around that time, it's like, hey, we got multiples coming in. Yeah. How many life forms? None. 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 It's the return of the None. dark troopers. <laughs> None. <laughs> oh, if that would roll your ass. If that would only happen. <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie. <laughs> oh. But you know, so so the uh, the dark troopers are all returning from space. You know they 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 they're coming onto a landing platform, and you just see them marching up to the uh, to the to the deck where they all hold up, and they close the blast doors, and they start that punch maneuver again. And yeah, just, just slowly and steadily, is knocking their way through that door. Which, because I, I know we're you know it's the the element of suspense here, but you got two of them out there just going like rock 'em sock 'em robots. Yeah. It's like, why is there not four of them up there, right? You get through twice as fast. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, and, and you know, uh, true. But maybe it's because, you know, you got to hit in the middle of the doors. Otherwise, you know, you know, it's a, it's a sliding door. Yeah, well, that's, so, you it's, know, you got it's the got middle the blaster of the doors, point. too, so. True. And, but how about Gideon's almost snidely whiplash kind of <laughs> thing going on while he's watching the doors getting beat in, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think Gideon, you know, Gideon got beat pretty quick and and he's he's definitely showing that he's not the villain he's been made up to be. But that's all right with me. I mean, it's safe to say that Gideon was giddy. Oh. oh. <laughs> pretty soon you'll all be up to me. <laughs> it reminds me of his his uh he's in a uh, that that uh Giancarlo is a, a character in um Nothing to Lose with uh yeah. Tim Robbins and, and Martin Lawrence. And he plays this like this, this miscreant who's, who's riding around with um <laughs> who's riding around with the the, the guy from Scrubs dude from um, Scrubs yeah yeah and, and he's like <laughs> that'll be nine cents please and he's he's very much like that at this point he's just kind of like <laughs> like like delightfully off kilter that's hilarious it's weird you put that together <laughs> it's true though it's very true. Uh, so anyway, he's he's there on the island. They're you know we're waiting for this showdown, and he says you know pretty soon this will be a room full of dead people, and you know you'll all have met a very valiant end, and then a ship shows up. Yeah, X-wing man. They say X-wing Alone coming in. X-wing. And even Cara Dune goes great. A single X-wing. We're saved. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and uh, the 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 X-wing there of course. You know, Pilot, who are you? And, and nothing comes back. And, and then yeah. the X-Wing lands, and this uh, cloaked figure comes out. And this is a great introduction, because yeah. it leaves you going, well, is this, is it? Can it be? Yeah. And you know, first you see that the, it's, a, it's a cloaked figure. Yeah. Then you see it's a cloaked figure with a lightsaber. Yeah. What color lightsaber, a, though? 
and then after that, you, well, and, and <laughs> oh, they're unfolding it, you know. Right. Then you see, because you, know, you see it on kind of one of their really crappy imperial monitors that, that's like in grayscale, like you're watching it on an RCA TV from 1972. Yeah. And, and, it, and then like, you know, then it's a green lightsaber. Then it's a green lightsaber in a, in a gloved glove. hand. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah. And like just every time he's just slicing through these, these dark troopers, you know, just it looks like it's taken some, some effort, but not a whole lot of effort. And I, I love, of course, I want to say, too, you know, when, when it first showed her, showed him coming in, Becky said, is that Ahsoka? You know, she thought, well, maybe this will be her coming sure. back and saying, you know, and I was like, hey, well, I said, well, it's an X-Wing, so don't think so. And, of course, by the right. time you get to the color part, you see this lightsaber, I said, man, there's no doubt who that is. And, uh, but, again... Just how he's slicing through those dark troopers shows you the power of the Jedi again. You're just like, wow, man, you know. And even you can even tell that they're all amazed at just how he's just going through them. Well, and, and you know, at this point, my mind started turning. By the way, John C. McGinley, John C. McGinley is the guy from Scrubs. Um, but my mind started turning on this, and it started putting the the time frame together. Right. right? So this is like five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. There have been no Jedi sighted except for this conflict with the Empire, and really Luke was just kind of a player in that. He, he wasn't like nobody saw him do anything Jedi like. He just barely became a Jedi before right. the end of that saga. Right. Yeah. So, so here you have somebody who's like five years fresh from completing his training, and and it all like came together. It was like, this is the terminus. This is what was supposed to happen. Right. Um, and you know, it fits so well. And you know, I, I admit I'm one of those people. I, of course I cry at, you know, I cry at commercials and, and I cry at the movie groundhog day. I just tend to cry on stuff. And like, as soon as, you know, I started to tear up because it was like, I don't know, man, Luke has been my journey. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what, you know, what was so hard about, well, there's a lot of things hard about last Jedi, but one of the things that was hard about that was it was a cool ending for him, but it was an ending for him and it right. almost seemed unnecessary. Right. Yeah. But, but this right here, you know, it, it brings it full circle and it kind of enfolds it into the arms of the original trilogy in a way that I think really makes sense for continuation. Yeah. So if you're asking yourself, well, why would Luke just show up? Well, you got to remember, you know, our episodes before when Grogu was on the rock and sending out the signal. Yep. There you go. Here's your Somebody Jedi that it. picked up on it. So, and yeah, uh, really cool. Hey, yeah. and what do you think? Did Bo-Katan get killed? No, because Gideon shot. I watched it twice this morning because I watched the end of it twice, and and the first time I was like, oh no, she didn't get killed. But then I noticed like like he unloads on her, and it was deflected by her armor. But right. also she fell down, and then and then they didn't show her again. Well, it seems like if you if you watch the last things, and I I may have missed it too, but I thought they were all standing there when you you have your uh, doors open and he comes right. walking in. So uh, I may be wrong on that, but I thought I saw everybody there. Well, and it seems like they might have addressed that, you know, when they were wrapping up, yeah. Um, as well, I just noticed that she fell down, and then yeah. I didn't see her again. Well, Be- Becky said the same is- thing. She's like, did, "Did they just kill her?" I was like, "I don't think so." It doesn't seem like a good move, you know, for Disney. Right. But, I, you know, this is the difference between us and, and you know, actually, like, people who research these things for, for their podcast. Because yeah. we watched it, <laughs> but 
Uh, I, I'm not. I didn't go back to watch to make sure that all my facts were there. So, dear listener, if you're listening to us and you're like, I don't know, just look extra close for yourself and yeah. enjoy. Yeah. But so yeah, there's a, there's a long wrap up because you know this is the finale to the arc of the child. Yeah. Um, where you know he doesn't want to leave Mando, and and so you know that you know, Mando's like go with your kind, you know, and he's, he doesn't want to go, and and Luke, you know, very sagely says. He wants your permission to go. Right. He wants your permission to go. And that, you know, that speaks so much volumes of, of this relationship because, you know, if 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 Mando said, no, I don't want you to go, then Grogu would have been fine with that too, I think. You know? Yeah. But, you know, rewatching it, I noticed too, you know, when, when, when Luke is on the monitors and Grogu's touching, yeah. the mon- you know, you can tell there's a, there's a, a longing. Knows. Yeah, he it's knows like, there's this a... This is where I need to go. Yeah. Right. But even... But when, he's made this connection. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, do you, I mean, to me, if you're going to cry at anything, it's it's the goodbyes, right? I mean, when he's, mm-hmm. when he's holding Grogu up and he touches his helmet and he pulls his helmet off and he touches his face, man, I mean, that's his... <laughs> That's as strong as, as anything you've seen in any kind of drama. It's very, very touching. And when he sets him down and he's tugging at his leg like you don't want to let him go, and then who comes in and, and makes it okay? Freaking R2-D2, man. R2-D2, man. The the droid with the most force presence of any droid ever. Like, that, that he's, a, he's a charmed item in the whole galaxy. He's there for everything, and he always seems to know what to say, even though you don't understand it. <laughs> and I love that, you know, there's got to be a touch of the introduction of, of Yoda to Luke, you know, back in Empire. Because True. look at all the interaction between Yoda and R2-D2. Mine! Mine! You know, all that stuff. Yeah. So this kind of gives you the warm, touchy feelies about that time period too because of the introduction of Grogu to R2. Well and I love the completion of the cycle too. You know that uh Obi-Wan is is taken from him so Luke is sent to go train with Yoda and now at the end of his training Luke is able to say, Oh here's here's Grogu. You know, it's a way for him to give back to his trainer who he he left and he made all his mistakes. You know, it's it's kind of another part of the cycle where it's like, let me make it right yeah. by helping you, you know. Yeah. Not that he is Yoda, but but that there are so few members of his race. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's so well done, man. And, and you know, Luke leaves us with the, the phrase that we know and love, right? May the Force be with you. And he turns around and walks out with Grogu in his hands, and that's kind of it, man. I mean, Mando's just kind of a little... You know, emotional guy at this point, and yeah, he's back where he started. Except now he's had to compromise. He had to compromise all those things that the uh, that the Mandalorians gave him. The the whole you don't show your face, and and we have to follow these strict rules. He's had to bend and break so many of those right. that he enters the next phase with. I don't want to say a whole new bag of tricks, but new questions. You right. know, like well, now that I don't have this to hold on to. What am I going to do? Am I going to fight for right? Am I going to keep bounty hunting? Am I going to join Bogotan? What 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 about Bogotan and the dark saber? You know, it it adds enough questions that they have plenty of meat to chew on for the next season. Yeah, I mean, it can, and that's the beauty of this too. It can go any direction. I uh, I've said it many times during the process of us watching these. Is I love the fact of 
It's taking you places that we really haven't been before and making it familiar at the same time. So, you know, you don't want this story to end because you love this relationship between the two of them. But who knows? That doesn't mean they're not going to cross paths again. I mean, sure. it could it could wind up anything. I mean, because out of this, from the last episode, if you listen, you got a gazillion new shows coming out that are all going to intertwine. <laughs> it's true. So there's going to be it, opportunities for these people to to meet up and and you know cross reference each other on shows and possibly even the new movies. Well, and, and uh, again, the the beauty of this whole thing was it it was it was built with a terminus. And the terminus was getting the child to safety. And, you know, all the people who were like, oh, I was hoping that he would train the child and the child would become a Mandalorian. That wasn't really what it was about. It was about him being a man who only cared about himself, um, you know, and cared about his creed. And he had to sacrifice so much (laughs) of his creed for an innocent. And he did that. And, and, you know, part of that was saying, even though I care about this child, I know the best thing for the child is for it to, to complete its journey. Right. And so it was a great little snippet in which the child brought so much out of his benefactor. And it's a great story. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to what Mayfield was telling him about, you know, people have these ideas and rules that they follow till things get a little scary. And then they bend those rules. And... It's exactly what he was talking about. Everything. Man, I'm hoping for a I'm hoping for a Mayfield show. <laughs> I really am. I would watch it. <laughs> he's he's getting a lot of hate, but I think you know he he kind of rags on Star Wars quite a bit, and uh, I don't know. I think he's uh, changed his tune a little bit because he likes where this is going. So uh, yeah, but there's a lot of haters out there on him. But people hate pretty much everybody that's in this series. So what can you do? Well. He, yeah, and he's he's kind of made his brand as to being a, a um, yeah, that's what he does <laughs> to being a contrarian, you know, to 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 kind of thumb his nose at what you like. Right. But I mean, I I do think he did a good job in this, and he had to have some love for it, it to become part of the project. So well, you know, hey, there's a story behind forget. it. He he was actually at a party, and a guy came up and said, "Hey, we're writing a part for a Star Wars character that's that is written for you. Would you be interested?" And he was like. You guys know that I rag on Star Wars a lot, right? <laughs> and uh, they said, "Yeah," but said, "But you're perfect for this part," and that's kind of what led to all that. So it's, it was actually Favreau asking him to play the part, knowing that he was kind of ragging on it in the first place. Which you know, everybody could have a change of heart, right? That's right. And well, you know, again, maybe this was the the right role and the right story to make mm-hmm. him revisit what he thought about Star Wars universe. Right. And that's, that's great. But I digress and we need to talk about the post. <laughs> yeah. The, the post credit scene. Yeah. This, you know, you know, you knew as soon as the episode was done and you didn't see the, the artwork for the episodes popping up like normal. You thought, all right, something weird's going on here. And sure enough, man, at the very end of it, when the credits are done, uh, I hope y'all stayed around to watch it because it's pretty freaking incredible. <laughs> right. And we have a spoiler. And well, I mean, everything about this episode is a spoiler. It's the finale. So, you know, you get this uh, familiar scene. You get the uh, 
Jabba's the compound that is Jabba's palace. Yeah. And uh, and and then you, you we've even seen this before because uh, when uh, when when Leia was was dressed as a uh, the bounty hunter and I I know the name but it's escaping me because I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> it, you you have the whole like somebody's in the stairwell and there's some blaster shots and and somebody rolls down the stairs. Uh, Bib Fortuna's taken over for for Jabba. He's he's gotten nice and nice and plump and he's yeah. sitting in the the throne. Duana Wanga and, himself. And uh and and the shadow kind of gives you an idea and, and down comes Fennec Shan. You know, she's she's uh he's like, Oh, it's it's you and then you know, not too long after, down comes Boba Fett. Yeah. And and Boba's like or and, and Bib Fortuna's like, Oh Boba, we we thought you were dead. <laughs> we heard You're things. Not, yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and we even got Weakway in here too, man. He's hanging out up there by Bib. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I don't know about you, but I, I noticed that both uh, Fennec and Boa just went over there and just stood right on top of that trap door. Exactly. I said, "Don't stand over that." What are you doing? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what the point was. Maybe it was a flex. It was like, man, you you push that button, see what happens. Yeah, maybe. But um, <laughs> yeah. So so they they get a little talking going on about you know, what's going on and Boba just just blasts him right in the chest. Yeah. He's like I don't have time for this crap. And I was kind of hoping he'd open up the trap door and throw him in there, but you know, maybe yeah. the rancor's gone. You know, the rancor died. Yeah. Maybe it's hard to get those probably those, nothing those down puppies. There now. Yeah. Yeah. Just the guy that trained him and you know, if you fall down there he <laughs> hugs you and cries. <laughs> Let me back out. This guy's crying on me. He's been here by himself a long time. <laughs> Uh, well, about five years, but anyway, so <laughs> so then Boba like like walks up there and he and he and he sits down like like Conan, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly, and uh, and Fennec you know climbs around behind him, you know, sets up on the uh, the armrest and 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 pulls herself a, a jug of 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 old classic blue, yeah, starts drinking that, and uh, and then it rolls out with uh, coming soon. Or coming what what December of twenty twenty one? Yeah, Book the of Book Boba of Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah, man. And yeah. you know, if I had read that that you know initially Favreau wanted to do a Boba Fett series, and that's what the Mandalorian came from, so it's exciting. He'll get that opportunity. Yeah, and you know it'll be short lived, I'm sure, because you've got it this, needs to be. As, yeah, exactly. I think so too, because you've got a good thing going with what we got, and there's. I'm sure there's going to be people that's just like, oh, I'd take a Boba Fett story anytime. Yeah, but this this has been the catalyst that has brought all this back. Keep this thing going because it's gold. And look at everything you can still create just from things that happen in the Mandalorian episode. I mean, <laughs> we just yeah. we just got bombarded with 11 new shows coming because of the Mandalorian. So... This is your cash cow right now, and you've got the right casting. You've done an excellent job of extra casting with all your guest stars and everything. Yeah, man, this thing needs to keep rolling, and there's there's a big enough galaxy out there that this thing can run a long time. And you know, to this point, that that Boba Fett was really the 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 special character in the special place that. 
that helped to vault all of this into the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I just I know that that Rick agrees with me when I say that that we want to dedicate at least a moment to to Jeremy Bullock, yeah, who was in the Boba Fett armor. Uh, I met the man. He signed a stand up for me. He's, we talked for a while about his son at the time because I had a, a green mohawk, and he was like, "Tell me about your hair." Super nice class act, and um, you know, without him standing in in that costume, without him being too yeah. small to wear one of the other costumes because he was originally going to be somebody else, yeah. uh, then I think he we'd be, owe, we'd be know, sitting here talking, we talking about the four Lom episode, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or series. <laughs> Exactly, or you know, or, or Bosk, or any of those characters. But he was the guy, and uh, you know, just just a moment to to remember him and his career. Yeah, absolutely, uh, he launched it, and there have been a lot of people who played since him, and uh, and they all deserve respect, and yep. absolutely they'll get it. Yeah. Sure enough, man, and uh, it's it's just amazing how this has all come full circle, and and it just shows you the magic that makes Star Wars work in the first place still works regardless of what story you're telling as long as you stick to those principles and make characters that you care about this thing can go on forever yeah it's it's a uh, it's a new mythology and you know <clears throat> 200 years from now they'll, they'll be talking about it like we talk about King Arthur it's you know, it's just a new storytelling venue and while it steals from the stories before it, just like those stole from the stories before them, we found a new way to tell it that makes it exciting and new. And so we're, we're so glad to be able to talk to you about how we enjoy uh, this this uh, this Disney Plus show that, that that takes on the Star Wars universe. And, and we hope that you guys enjoyed it just as much because it's a fantastic season. And Absolutely. I can't wait to see what they have next. Absolutely. So if you enjoy this show and uh, you like it, well, then jump in there and, and say something. We've already got some kind words. You know, RJ just jumped in on my, my messenger the other day and said, you know, great chats about The Mandalorian. Um, we're glad that you guys are listening. And, and, you know, we love it when you make content. We get a chance to know what you think. And um, thanks so much for being there. Yeah. And I guess we'll see you next season. Sure. All right. <laughs> So have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Adios! I have spoken. I've never met a real Mandalorian. Heard stories. They're good at killing. Find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan. This is the way.